all nations, all nations. Salvation belongs to the Lord and is for all nations. We're going to study four words today. We're going to study four words from the scripture today as we start a new series on the Great Commission. And the four words we're going to study today are the only command found in the Great Commission. And I hope that it will give us as a church a renewed understanding of our purpose and vision. What you're going to hear today is nothing new. It's not anything that you've not heard here at our church. Hopefully it is not just a reminder, but it will kind of fan the flame that has been happening here. That's my hope. That's the goal of this morning, that today you will leave with a renewed understanding of what your role as a Christian man or woman is. And I say man or woman, I mean students and I mean children and I mean people who are more experienced in life. You like how I said that? I've listened. I've learned a few things over the years. A couple words you stay away from. More experience is better. Uh, I spoke a few weeks ago uh, about uh, black belt and this and that, and, and it was, uh, think about this a lot. There's two ways you can get a black belt. You can buy it. You can legitimately go on Amazon this afternoon and buy a black belt. Or you can earn it, right? And the way that a person gets a black belt, if you go through the process, is that you attach yourself underneath the teaching of a master or a grandmaster in the art that you want to learn, and you go through the process of learning how to do the thing you want to do. And this master or grandmaster teaches you, you attach yourself, it's usually an all the time thing, it's not a once a week thing. You can't get a black belt very well if you only do it once a week. You attach yourself to somebody who will teach you and who will grow you, who will change you. Because here's the thing, when you start out and you're like, oh, do a front stance. And you're like, oh, I don't know what that means. And so there's these things, adjustments that get made. Oh, turn your foot this way, put your back straight, stretch your leg. And you go and you do a front stance, right? And this is how you do it. And find adjustments along the way. And you start at the basics and the foundation. And you are taught over the years, right, a front kick. Great. That's basic. And then you go to these more, ex- I'm, I'm a little hurt. I, I don't, I'm not doing anything else. I'm just letting you know. I'm a, I'm a little older than I used to be. I am, that's <laughs> more experience than I used. Yes, thank you, Alvik. Thank you. See, it applies to me too. And you do these things over the years and through your failures you learn and through your successes you learn. And then you get a black belt. And at your black belt test, there's this test. It's actually a trick question. If you get a black belt, what do you want to do next? See, because most people think that earning the black belt is the end of their training. What they don't realize is there's something that you're supposed to do with it. And the only right answer, luckily somebody cheated and told me, and it's what I would want to say anyway, but the answer is this. What do you want to do with your black belt? The answer is to teach. It is to raise up other people to get a black belt, to teach them the way of the art that you're doing. And what I learned through that ministry where I found Christ is that this is about our faith as well. Becoming a fully devoted follower of Christ 
teaching and making other fully devoted followers of Christ. See, we attach ourselves to the master, Jesus, and he takes us through these things so that we can then have people attach themselves to us so we can get them attached to Jesus and so forth and so on. And then the church rolls and thunders through this lost and dying world to see many people into the kingdom of God. That's the point. And I wonder what stops us from fulfilling this purpose. You ever wonder? You ever wonder, you go to church and like, is this really all there is? I know that teenagers think this all the time. Is this really what church is about? Don't, don't nod your head over here. Is this really what it is? When, when, our kids, when our kids get into college and they go to college, I wonder why it is so many don't stay in the faith, as we say. Maybe it's a lack of understanding. Maybe it's hard. Sometimes it's hard, right? We want the easy button, don't we, in church? We want the easy button. Sometimes that's the reason we're not fulfilling our purpose. We settle for easy. We'll let somebody else do it. Hey, I'm all in as long as I don't have to do anything. Now, none of you, listen, I'm not talking about our church. I'm talking about the other churches that do this. Sometimes we're just lazy. I apologize. I'm not trying to offend or to step on toes. I do want us to be honest so that when we read the scriptures today, we can all fully understand what it is that God is asking us to do. Sometimes we're scared, right? We get scared of messing up. We're not gonna do it right. I don't know enough. And sometimes we just have too narrow a view of life. And there's a lot of churches, again, not us, who've become so comfortable with letting the pastor and the church staff do the work that the church can't grow because... The expectation is for comfort and ease and not for the purpose for which we've been called. And I think that's why so many are disenchanted with the faith, right? That's why so many people, students included, that maybe we have taught them the wrong thing about their faith. Maybe what we have taught them about faith is that you should be a good Christian, Maybe the problem is, and the reason that people are so disenfranchised is they come expecting that somebody's gonna teach them how to be a good Christian. If they're a good Christian, they've checked the box, they win, that's their purpose, and they go on with their life because they get into heaven, and that's the point. And I wonder if when students leave or when people come and they're just unfulfilled, it's because there's something greater for us as Christian men and women that we aren't fulfilling, that we're not practicing. Because if we raise people in the church to think that being a good moral Christian is the point, there's gonna be a lot of people that aren't gonna be in heaven because we're not doing our job. Or there's gonna be a lot of immature white belt Christians around the world because we're not doing our job. And students will leave and go to school and continue to be disenfranchised and wonder and wander and trying to figure out their faith because we did not teach them the right way that their life has purpose and their purpose isn't for themselves. It's not to go get a career and make a lot of money, but that maybe it is to be used by God to see other people come to Christ and become fully devoted followers of Christ. And I wonder what students would do when they go to college then. They would require sacrifice, selflessness. 
and a letting go of all of our worldly desires in order to fulfill this great purpose that we've been called. And I'd like us to focus on these four words in the Great Commission. I'm gonna read the Great Commission, Matthew 28. And let's look and see if we can't pull some things out in order to show us and encourage us how to live differently. Matthew 28 says this. As you're turning there, I, uh, I alluded to something uh, yeah, uh, last week at Easter about the story that was told by the guards. If you look uh, at verse 17, or verse 11 rather, it's those more experienced eyes working. 28.11, you'll find the story that was fabricated there. Uh, let you read that on your own. Great Commission says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Here it is. Then Jesus came to them and said, very familiar words, a lot of you have heard this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, for the next few weeks, we're gonna go through different portions of this scripture. Today, we're gonna focus on, I said four, it's actually five. Obviously, I didn't count very well. Make disciples of all nations. We're gonna break this down a little bit. Before we get to those, I just want you to know when it says all authority, what's interesting is the Greek word for authority is the same for author. And you're like, what gives Jesus the authority to command us this and to give us what we need to accomplish it? Why does Jesus have the authority? Because he is the author of life. That word authority is the same. It's not just about power and a position, it's about it's about um, clout. He's the author of life. You can go through the scriptures in Acts 3, 15, Hebrews 2, 10, and Hebrews 12, 2. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. It's the same word. So when you hear Jesus say all authority, he's saying, I gave breath and life. I was there at the beginning. So listen to what I'm telling you. It's probably pretty important. All authority has been given to me. And he tells us this, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Of course, this is a, an activity, right? We're gonna focus on the going part uh, in another week. But the only command in the entire Great Commission is to make disciples. And that word make disciples means to teach. It means to teach. I love teaching. Have you ever taught somebody to do something? Right? Moms, dads, uncles, aunts, you ever teach? Sometimes we teach people to do the wrong things. I've been there, both in the teaching and the being taught. I was into the shenanigans when I was younger, a little mischief here and there. Or you can teach people to do the right things. You know, maybe you teach them to cook. Maybe you teach them to ride a bike or to drive a four-wheeler or hunt, fish, to draw, to read, right? All this teaching that happens, the idea is that you take somebody who doesn't know how to do something and you give them insight and knowledge into how to do it and how to do it well, right? How to do it well. This is what he says, teach all nations, Right? Jesus said, while you are going, make disciples of all nations. No matter where we are, 
We should be witnesses, but it's not just evangelism. This is not just about sharing the gospel. And I talk about this a lot, right? Teaching and making disciples is about sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus that we talked about last week, and then giving them the tools they need to follow Jesus in their life. To follow Jesus. Again, right? You attach yourself to a master, and then you come underneath that authority that Jesus has, and you do what he says. How many of you love authority? Raise them nice and high. Just, the, right? Wow, we had zero. <laughs> this is good. I'm in the right room. There's an honest bunch of folks. I like that. Thank you. But this is what we're doing. If you say, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, you are saying, Jesus, I'm gonna attach myself to you. I will come underneath your authority and what you do, I'll tell you. In traditional martial arts, here's how it works. They say to do it and you say, yes, sir, and then you do it. There is no gray area at all. I've been on the wrong side of checking the gray area. Traditional martial arts, the master says to do this and you do it. It's not because they need the power of authority. It's very clear who the boss and the master is. It is because they know more than you. Because you can't see how to get where you're going, but they can. It's the same with Jesus. We attach ourselves to a master and we do what he says. Not because he needs to be the authority, but because he is the authority. And because he can see where you're going and how to get there. And you can't. And so when we say to teach all nations, now how hard is it to teach somebody something that you don't know? <laughs> Listen, we're gonna get real serious today. We're talking about making disciples, teaching people to follow Jesus, to be fully devoted. That means that we have to be on that track also, right? How are you gonna teach somebody God's word if you don't know God's word? How are you gonna teach somebody to pray if you don't know how to pray? How are you going to teach somebody to walk in obedience if you're not trying to walk in obedience yourself, to be submissive and humble and caring and kind? It's difficult to make disciples of people that we don't, we're not willing to do the job ourselves. This term disciples is interesting. There's a difference between a Christian and a disciple. There's a difference between a Christian and a disciple. If you ask a thousand people in this country if they were a Christian, they would say yes, and then you would say, how do you know? And they would tell you all sorts of crazy things. The amount of people who say they are Christians, right? This is, again, I think why a lot of young people are disenfranchised with the church, and even adult folks as well, is they hear the word Christian, they associate that with perfection, and then when people aren't perfect, they get disenfranchised. But also, people use that term Christian to levy authority over other people. Somehow, it gives us the ability to get in different places and to do different things, right? We like that term. The problem is, in the scriptures, the word Christian was almost always derogatory. There was something else, though, that the followers of Jesus were known by. They were known as disciples, learners of Jesus, followers of Jesus, people who had attached their whole lives to Jesus to come under his authority and do what he said. They were disciples of Jesus. 
So what are you making? Are you making Christians or are we making disciples? It's more than just being a church member, right? A disciple is identified with their master, learning from them and living with them, right? And he, he knew that his people needed to learn not just by listening, but also by doing, by doing. And then this other part of all nations. This Greek word is ethnos. It's the same word we get ethnicities from. It also can be translated Gentiles, not Jews, the Jews and the Gentiles. There's a huge divide between the Jews and the Gentiles in the scriptures. And Jesus was saying, when I want you to make disciples of all nations, I want you to teach people who are not like you. I want you to teach people who you have thought to this point not worthy of the gospel. So what that means is, the Greek for all as we know is what? All. The joke never gets old. Pastors keep using it. All nations, all peoples, just like Chow read, in heaven, there will be all nations, people from every tribe tongue. I went on to try to find out, I Googled it, how many ethnicities of the world, how many nations. It's like some people say 5,000, and if you go to different countries, it breaks it down. If you just start with A, Afghanistan, it'll tell you the percentage of different ethnicities in Afghanistan. Burma, Cambodia. Cuba, there's different ethnicities all over the world and the scripture says that all of them deserve to hear about Jesus and all of them should have somebody teaching them how to follow him. Now we have this amazing thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to wrap it up fairly quick. We're gonna sing a little more than we normally do at the end and we have this great opportunity to talk about what God is doing here. But making disciples of all nations means that we have to be willing to teach people about Jesus and how to follow him, irregardless of anything else. In the scriptures, did you know there are zero qualifiers to what kind of disciples should be made? Did you know that? It doesn't say make disciples of all the people that you want to or that you think are deserving or that have the same history or background as you. It doesn't say any of those things. The scripture is very, very clear that heaven is gonna look different than you might think it will and that you should be able to participate in seeing all nations be there because it's gonna happen with or without you. And I want our church to be a church of people, men and women, kids, teenagers, who understand that today, tomorrow, and the next day, and that every day after that until you die, you will have opportunities to make disciples of somebody. And that you would be wide open to see people, right? How do we do this? Make disciples of all nations. I could go on and on. We could break it down real minute. It's actually super duper clear, isn't it? I want you to teach every single person that you come in contact with who Jesus is and how to follow him. And I want you to do it with kindness and love and mercy and grace and, and follow what it says. Jesus tells the, the, his followers in Acts, he says, go and wait for my spirit. I'm gonna come upon you. He says, it is not for you to know the times or date the father is set to, uh, by his own authority, but you will receive power when the spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The idea is that the whole earth needs him. 
the whole earth. Jesus did this. We're gonna find out how he did it in the following weeks. He did it as he went. See, the church unfortunately has departed from this. Again, expecting a few people, right? You pay the pastor to preach and tell everybody uh, what it is and you get the staff and they do some cool programs and we set it up so everybody feels good about themselves but nobody's actually doing anything. Here's the deal. It is my job to teach and make disciples and I'll give you my commitment that I will do that. It is also your job. It is also your job to pray and ask God, who do I need to make disciples of? God, show me. Put me in places that I need to be in order to make disciples of Jesus, to make fully devoted followers of Christ. See, this is not just to share the gospel and go home. Sharing the gospel is part of it. This is share the gospel, and as you would raise a black belt, spend the time it takes to correct and adjust encourage, give opportunities to succeed and in failure, teach them through it because that's how Jesus did it. He sent his disciples out, they messed it up. They came back and they talked about it, right? They saw some things in agriculture. He used the agriculture to teach them about the kingdom of God. Every circumstance was an opportunity to teach them about the character of God and the kingdom of God. Are we doing this? This is an encouragement. This is not a, um, a correction or being angry. Forgive me, sometimes when I get excited, I can seem a little upset. I'm not upset at all. I'm actually really excited because I wonder what would happen if we as the church woke up every single day with this in mind. There's gonna be somebody in front of me. There's gonna be somebody at the field, somebody at my kid's practice. There's gonna be somebody at the coffee store. Thank you. There's gonna be somebody in front of me today, and maybe I don't even know them. But God, would you allow me to be a part of them being fully devoted followers of Christ? God, maybe there's six or 10 people that I can invest more time into on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that I can help to train to be a black belt Christian, a disciple of Jesus. I wonder... There's a difference between Ikea and homemade furniture, isn't there? See, Ikea furniture, you put together, right? You put it together. Now it's a piece of furniture. I just self-filtered a couple things. I just want you to be proud of me because <laughs> there's some stuff in there that would have been poor as a pastor to let come out. They are a piece of furniture, but when you get a handcrafted piece of furniture that has been whittled and honed and put together with care, it's taken time and effort, right? And you took it from a block of wood and now it has this purpose. This piece of furniture that is handmade will absolutely outlast the piece of Ikea furniture. Because, amen. And y'all know, all the dads are like, yeah, amen, amen. Because you've had to put together Ikea furniture. I don't want to be an Ikea church. I don't want Bayou City Fellowship to be filled with people who look like Christians, but are not disciples of Jesus. And I don't want us to raise up young people who are Ikea Christians either. I want them to know their purpose. I want them to know that they're passionate followers of Jesus and that the news that we have and that the life that we get to live is the best, most fulfilling, satisfying thing that we can do. 
Because at the end of the day, we will be tested, won't we? And Ikea life is gonna fall apart. It's like buying a black belt. If you buy a black belt, you might look the part, but when it comes time to defend yourself or someone else, you will fall gravely short. This is not about earning love or favor with God. This is about purpose. This is about fulfilling the call of the church to participate in the work of the ministry together. If you are waiting for this church to grow by my work or the staff's work, it's gonna be a while. But could you imagine if every single disciple of Jesus in this church discipled one person? Could you imagine one person? how different our church would look? Let me be very, very clear. We will know whether we fulfill this by the way that we worship here. We will know if we succeeded in making disciples of all nations because the disciples that we're discipling will at some point show up. We'll be a part of this church family. And whether it's all nations or not, will be very clear. That's the bottom line. It will be evident by who is here. I don't want another person just to shuffle from their sheep pen so that our church grows. I want to see people come to Christ and become fully devoted followers of Christ because you are raising them up, because you are making disciples of all nations, because you are investing because you are sitting in the dirt with, because you are calling and texting, because you are spending time knowing and pointing people to the master. Galatians three twenty six says like this. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ Jesus, clothing yourselves with Christ there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are his seed and are heirs according to the promise. This is for everyone, for everyone, period. There are no qualifiers. Here's my question to you. How broad is your life? Are you even open to making disciples of all nations? This is not a challenge. This is, I hope, an opportunity for us to take an honest look at who we are making disciples of or if we are making disciples of people and making the necessary adjustments so that our church will see many come to the kingdom of God through humble servants, raising up fully devoted followers of Christ. I wanna give you some key things to do this week and then I'll be done. As Chow read, the, the Bible tells us that at the end, there will be people from everywhere. That means that everybody deserves to be a disciple and anyone can be a disciple maker. I want you to pray today. I want you to pray. I want you to pray that God would reveal who it is that you need to be making a disciple of. And then I want you to pay attention. I want you to pay attention to the answer. I want you to open yourself up to what and where God wants you to go. 
And then I want you to participate with others, get involved in their lives. Make those adjustments as he is making those adjustments in you. And practice every day. Just every day, wake up and do it again. And then do it again the next day and then do it again the next day until God calls you home and you die. And I don't mean to be weird or that sounds kind of harsh. But if we all do that, could you imagine what our church might look like? Could you imagine what the church might look like? I wonder who he would call into the kingdom because you prayed and you paid attention, that you participated in their life and that you raised fully devoted followers of Christ and you just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it over and over and over. Because being a Christian, a disciple is not the the end of the story, it's the beginning. Don't use your black belt for yourself. Use it to teach others to follow Jesus. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that we can be disciples of Jesus in our brokenness. And God, that you looked at us in our brokenness and chose us anyway, that we came into your family anyway. Father, I would ask forgiveness for the times we have not done this for any number of reasons, mostly our sin. God, would you open our eyes? Would you help us to know you more? We're gonna end our service like we always do. We're gonna pray. Those of you who are part of our prayer team, if you would please join us up front. If you need prayer or you need to pray for someone, we would love to have you join us as we sing together. Let's stand together and worship uh, together.